Um, this is the last message in our series about God-breathed living. You've been enjoying that? Yeah. It's been uh, wonderful. It, it's, we're talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, is our last uh, opportunity to on this subject at the moment. But I'd I just like us at the start to maybe just close our eyes for a moment and just welcome the Holy Spirit. Because I want to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Why don't we just just take a moment right now just to welcome him into our hearts, into our lives. Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge you today. I want to thank you for your presence here already in this place, just filling this house with yourself and your presence this morning. And we ask that you'd fill every heart here. I, I just pray, help me Lord, to communicate this message and to... Uh, to uh, Bring it in a way that you'll be able to use it to, to fill hearts and fill lives with yourself. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name this morning. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think it's really important that we understand the third person of the Godhead. You know, we talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of easy to get your head around the idea of God the Father. And, you know, God the Son, you know, Jesus, we, we can kind of visualize we can understand that but the holy spirit seems to be somehow a bit harder to to grasp i i don't don't know if if you feel like that but um uh, so look what i want to do this morning is just uh help to to give a bit more of a picture or an understanding of what the holy spirit does and how to receive him into into our lives and my intention this morning is not to make this like a theology lesson but actually all i want to do this morning is to give you some handles so that you can grab hold of what God has for you. Because that's the reality of, of the Christian life. It needs to be experienced. You know, we can understand a lot about God. And there are, there are lots of people who know lots of things. They might read and study the Bible. And you can learn a lot about God and understand all these things about God. But it's only when you experience it for yourself that really begins to make a difference in your life. And I know that that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us just to know things with our head. He wants us to grasp and take hold of and experience the things that he has for us in our life. So so we're going to talk about the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. He's called Comforter, Advocate, Guide. He's called all sorts of different names in the Bible and all sorts of different images that we have of how the Holy Spirit works in our life. But let's just get into this. The first thing I want to talk about this morning is is receiving life from the Holy Spirit because He is the one who comes and brings us to life in God. You know, before a person becomes a Christian, before a person really connects with God, the Bible says that we're actually spiritually dead. Now, you might not think of that, but that's, that's the way it is. A person who's not connected to God is actually spiritually dead the bible says but when the holy spirit comes in and that person comes to life and we're going to talk about this and this morning just briefly and talk about other uh, there's actually two two levels of this that i want to talk about this morning in matthew chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 now this is the moment when jesus himself is baptized now jesus didn't need to be saved he didn't need to be born again but i want to use this picture because it shows us some things about the way the holy spirit works in our lives the moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters. This is when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. It says, He came up out of the water and the skies opened and he saw 
God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit, it looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice, this is my beloved Son and I am fully pleased with him. So if you are this morning, if you're a, um, a believer in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, what has happened is that the Holy Spirit is already living in your heart, living inside of you. You already have the Holy Spirit in you. And He, he comes to not only bring, bring us to life and bring life to us on the inside, but the amazing thing is he, he lets us know that we really do belong to God. I love what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It says, God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. That's one of the things that he does is to make us understand or you might say to, to verify and to validate on the inside of us that we really do belong to God. That's why sometimes we ask the question and often we ask the question here. In fact, most Sunday mornings we ask the question, do you really know that Jesus is living on the inside of you? Do you really know that? Because the point is, friend, if, you've got, if you have that connection to God, and if you know that he's living on the inside of you, you will know that. That's the Holy Spirit confirming in your heart that you really are a child of God. That same verse in another translation says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. It's like we are adopted into the family of God. And that for the Roman people that the Apostle Paul was speaking to when he said those words, that word adoption was a, a powerful word for them. It was not only very common in their society, but it was also quite a profound uh, legal status change for someone. So, so we are adopted into the family of God and it really has a, a great depth of meaning which we can't go into this morning. The Holy Spirit resonates with the deepest part of you, your spirit, to validate that you belong to the living God. Another most amazing thing about when Jesus was baptised and the Holy Spirit came down upon him, it was before he had done any of his miracles. He'd never done any of his great humanitarian works like feeding 5,000 people. He never healed anyone. He never cast out demons from anyone. He never done any of these great things at all. And the father, his father said to him, I am fully pleased with you. And you know what, friends? That's what he says to you this morning. He is fully pleased with you just because you belong to him. Not because you're doing all the stuff. You know, we get so much tied up with the idea we've got to do, do, do so that God will accept us and God will be pleased with us. He was fully pleased with Jesus and he hadn't done anything yet. So oh, that's a wonderful encouragement to us this morning. There's something incomparable in a father saying to a child, I'm fully pleased with you. It does something on the inside that you can't really measure the impact of that. And that's what our Father in Heaven is saying over you this morning. Now the second dimension of this about the Holy Spirit working in our lives is this. And I want us to turn to the Old Testament, to Ezekiel 43. And uh, this is uh, along the lines of what the New Testament calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Ezekiel, the prophet, is having a vision of a temple. You know what a temple is? A place where people go to worship God and so on. 
And, uh, and the, the vision is about the glory of God coming like a river and filling this temple. Ezekiel 43 verse 1, it says, The man brought me to the east gate, and oh, the bright glory of the God of Israel rivered out of the east, uh, sounding like the roar of floodwaters, and the earth itself glowed with the bright glory of God. And again, I fell face to the ground. You'd have to read the whole chapter, the whole um, book of Ezekiel to get the context of this. But Ezekiel is is in this vision and he's seeing this this picture of a a great massive temple and the glory of God is coming and filling it like a river, filling this temple. And it seemed like everywhere that Ezekiel went, the glory of God was flooding into this temple. In verse uh, 4 it says, The bright glory of God poured into the temple through the east gate, and the Spirit put me on my feet and led me to the inside courtyard. And oh, the bright glory of God filled the temple. He was just overwhelmed with the impact of, of the presence of God and the glory of God coming and filling this temple that he saw in, in this vision. In the Old Testament, you know, there's a lot of talk about temples and buildings. Moses built a temple. Solomon built a temple. Here's Ezekiel seeing a vision of a temple. And uh, so we see a lot of talk about temples. In the New Testament, God has a much better plan. And of course, he had the plan all along. But we see it in the New Testament because he begins to say, that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, we were made to be filled with the glory of God. We were made to have the presence of God upon our lives. We were designed by God for that purpose. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? And there's lots of other references to that in the New Testament as well. So Ezekiel takes it a step further, back to the Old Testament, Ezekiel, and he says God's Spirit wants to actually fill us completely. It's what the Bible talks about in the New Testament, calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Being baptized, that word comes from a Greek word which means to, to immerse or to submerse under, under a liquid. We are meant to be immersed or submerged or submersed under the Holy Spirit, fully filled with Him. And then Ezekiel gets a bit more specific again. And, he's, and he turns the metaphor around. And the river of God that would flooded into the temple now begins to flow out from the temple. Let's read from Ezekiel 47, verse 8 to 12. Then he took me back to the riverbank. This is the same temple. The glory of God had just come and filled the temple. And he's starting to talk now about a river flowing out from the temple. He took me back to the riverbank. And while sitting on the, on the bank, that's where he first received the vision uh, from God. I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. And he told me this water flows east and descends to the Arabah, that's the Jordan Valley. And then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters. He's talking about the Dead Sea where it empties into these waters and the sea will become fresh. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Now this is the river that's flowing out of the temple. The river of God flowing out of the temple. 
Wherever that river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. Where the river flows, life abounds. Friends, that's a picture for us of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in my life. He wants to so fill you that it not only overflows your life, but it flows out to others and begins to affect the lives of people around about you. And wherever the influence of the God, the Spirit of God upon you, we're talking about God-breathed living. Wherever the influence of God's Spirit in your life, and you go, there's meant to be life, it's meant to go. I think this is a, is a profound picture for us, that wherever we are in God, life should come. You know, that we should be the life happening wherever we are. I think it's a wonderful picture. And I just want to say to you this morning, if you are feeling that there's parts of your life that are dry, that are barren, that are not productive, that are maybe like that dead sea that are stagnant, I want to tell you this morning, in fact, I know this, that God wants to fill you afresh this morning. He wants to fill you up so that life will flow out of your life to other people. That's the purpose of God. That's one of the fantastic things about the Holy Spirit. You know, God has promised to do this in, in the Bible in Isaiah 44 verse 3. He says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. Right through the Bible, it gives us pictures of this God filling up and, and pouring water and bringing life onto those who are thirsty, those who are dry, those who are desolate in their lives. I want you to reach out this morning, friends, and be, be ready for what God wants to do in your heart this morning. Second thing about what the Holy Spirit does. First, he brings life. And, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a great river of life in our lives. Being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, it's his nature, the Holy Spirit's nature, actually his job to lead and to guide us. In John chapter 16, verse 12, it says, When the friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he'll make sense out of what is about to happen and indeed out of all that I've done and said. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he's the one that's going to guide you into all truth. A couple of years ago, I was, I was just reading in, in the Gospels and I, I, I came across a scripture that I'd, I'd read many times, but all of a sudden it just, it just really grabbed me I, and I couldn't escape from it. In, in fact, for a whole month, every time I opened the Bible, I had to go and read that scripture again. And I actually read one scripture for a whole month. Every day I read that scripture and it just kept impacting me more and more. And uh, I couldn't understand or, or explain. It was a scripture about leadership and responsibility. And, and uh, anyway, just after that, that, Pastor Chris gave me a ring just at the end of that. And um, a couple of days after the end of that month. And he said, look, um, I've got a job, that, a role that I need someone to have a look at. You know, will you, will you think about this? Uh, so I said to him, um, yeah, look, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Because I just knew, I just knew. That God in my heart had been preparing me for that message and, and that, that job. And so um, that's what God does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us and he guides us because he knows the future. He knows your future. He knows the plan of God for your life. And he can lead you into all things and, and lead you into, into the plan of God for your life. 
Uh, last week, we were talking to some friends of ours that go to another church in Toowoomba. And they shared a story about uh, a guy that they knew that, um, that uh, just recently told this story. Uh, he was like a, a kind of a bikey guy and, you know, um, go, go the bikey, Christian bikies. And, and uh, he was, he was uh, him and his wife. And God spoke to them and said, look, out of the blue, look, I, I want you to go down to the Gold Coast. Now, that seemed a little bit strange, a bit unusual. Not move there, but just go, go and visit there. And so, okay, so one Friday afternoon or whatever, they got in the car, drove down to the Gold Coast, and they found themselves there, and they were at a lake on the Gold Coast, and, they, and there was no one there. And they looked across the other side, and there was a woman standing over there. And God impressed them, go and talk to that woman. And so they, they walked around the lake, got over there, and he must have had some kind of, I don't know, must have had a cross or something, as you do on, on your, I don't know. And, and so this woman saw it from a distance and said, said, no, 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 don't come near me, don't come near me. And they said, look, you know, we, we've just come down from Toowoomba because God told us to come down here and talk to you. And um, she uh, immediately just, you know, broke down in tears and, and they, they led her to the Lord. But the incredible thing was, she was just about to commit suicide. She was about to take her own life. I just think that's fantastic because, you know, God leads us. The Holy Spirit leads us. He's come to, to speak into your life and, and guide you and, and direct you. And when we let him, when we allow him to lead us and guide us, then amazing things can happen like that. Incredible things can happen when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here's rule number one about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, rule number one, which is also rule number two and three, is this, that you have to let him do it. You have to realize that he, he's more than willing to lead you, but he might lead you in ways that are unexpected. In fact, he almost certainly, he will lead you in ways that you might not be expecting at that moment. Just come back to the baptism of Jesus for a moment in Matthew chapter 3. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, so Jesus comes up out of the water and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you would expect right there that there'd be some, some massive demonstration of the power of God. You know, the, the earth would quake and, you know, like there'd be some confrontation with the devil and it'd be like, you know, make my day, bring it on, something like that. You know, but it wasn't. It was nothing like that at all. Because what it says is the very next verse... After Jesus is baptized and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, the very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. So, so look, when, when we are filled with the Spirit and we are allowing him to lead us and guide us, you need to be prepared for him to take you wherever he wants to take you. That might be, it might involve some testing. It might involve some challenging times, but he's going to lead you into the right place and the right way. See, God wants to develop character and strength in us. And if, we just, if we're always just enjoying the presence of God, being in church and just doing all the good stuff, he wants you to be tested. He wants you to, to, to develop strength and character in your life. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you into difficult places and times to build those things into your life. I'm going to talk about how to receive the Holy Spirit. We've talked about some of the things that He does in our lives and 
how to receive the Holy Spirit, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 47 for a moment. I've just got two simple things that I, I want to mention this morning. And look, there are lots of parts, ways of looking at this. And, and you could have like a whole Bible study about this if you wanted to. But the reality is, when you experience God, it's different for every person, the reality. So I don't, I don't want to give you, you know, 10 points of how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I don't want to make it too hard for anybody. I just want to... To just, just want to give you the, what I think are the, the, the basic fundamentals. And there's only two things about this. And the first one is this. Just get in the river of God. Now that might sound a little bit esoteric. It might sound, what is he talking about? But you'll understand as we go. Ezekiel 47 verse 1. Now he brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east. The temple faced east. And the water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. Now remember, this is the river of God. This is God's spirit. This is the flow of God's anointing that he wants to, you to receive. And, and not only for, for it to come flow into your life, but also to flow out to others. And he walked to the east with a measuring tape. And he measured off 1,500 feet. And he led me through the water that was ankle deep. And he measured off. Keep in mind that word, that he led me through the water. It was ankle deep at that point. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was knee deep. And he measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was waist deep. And he measured off another 1,500 feet, and by now it was a river over my head, water to swim in, water that no one could possibly walk through. Now, there's a number of things in this, but look, the first thing, or the, the really the point I want to make here is this, that he was led through this water, but he had to get in the water. He had to get into the water. And I just think that God is here this morning. And maybe you, you, you're feeling in yourself, well, I've never really experienced these sorts of things myself, and I'm, I'm not really sure about this. I don't know. I don't understand. But I want to tell you this, that God is a good God. And anything that he wants to give you is going to be a good experience. And if you open your heart to God, open your heart to the Holy Spirit, he is going to fill you with himself. He's going to fill you to overflowing with himself. And it's going to be good. It's significant that it's a progressive thing. You know, it started off being just like to the ankles and then to the knees. and It's progressive. Because the further you go in God, the deeper you want to swim in God. You know about that? The less control you might have. In, in, in your future, because God's going to lead you in where he wants you to go. And that's where we all need to be led by God. You know, there's a limitless supply in God, a limitless supply of his spirit, a limitless supply of his anointing. That river just kept on getting bigger and bigger and, uh, as it went on. But at the end of the day, the main thing is you just have to get in the river. Well, how do you do that? Okay. There's a multitude of ways. And firstly, I just want to say, being at the right place in the right time. It's as simple as that. I, I was remembering one, just thought of some, some days, you know, when I've, I've come here. And, but one Sunday really stands out to me some time ago. I, I remember walking up the steps. And I was about halfway up the steps. And I could just feel, you know, man, 
I guess the band was practicing, singing a song or something, and the presence of God was so powerful, you could feel it walking up the steps. And I just said, man, God is in this place. A bit like Jacob, you know, when he had a vision of God and angels going up and down on the steps, and he said, man, this is the gateway of heaven. This is it. And God is in this place. I think, you know, that's what the church is meant to be, a place where God's presence is. And if you are hungry for God this morning, I want to tell you that the right, the right place is right here. And, and the right time is right now. Because he wants to touch you and fill you this morning. The second thing, just is, just is be hungry for God. You know, um, some, someone, someone will come and pray for you. We talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and usually it's when someone prays over you and, and they just say, God, you know, come and fill this person. But if someone comes and prays for you, maybe you, you might want to come out and stand at the front later on. There'll be an opportunity given. But if someone prays for you, be hungry for God and say, God, I want everything that you've got for me. And he's going to fill you. And be expectant. Be expectant for God to fill you. It's not rocket science. It's just saying, God, here I am. I want everything you've got for me. Come and fill me with your spirit. And this, the other thing that I want to mention this morning, I'm nearly finished, is this. And it's use what you've got. Uh, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I said before it's progressive. Like that river that flows, the further you go, the deeper it gets. It's a progressive thing. And so in God, what we need to do is, is to exercise and use whatever we've got. You know, we sometimes think of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and you know, we use that word, the evidence of speaking in tongues or, or speaking in a foreign or, or another language. You've, if you've never received this, you might have heard someone or, or you know, seen someone that speaks in another language when they pray. That's pretty weird, hey? But that's what God does. God gives you a supernatural ability to communicate in a language that is not your own. And there's a lot of stuff about that in the Bible, which we're not going to touch this morning. But it's a sign. You know, it's a supernatural thing. But, but what is that? It's a sign that God is doing something in your life supernaturally. And that's fantastic. So, so what now? Well, well, what happens sometimes is people receive that. They come out to the front at a meeting and, and wow, God touches them and and they, all of a sudden they find this praying and speaking out in this language that's a supernatural language that's amazing. They don't know. And then they go home and, well, I've got to go to work tomorrow. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to wash the dishes. I've got to, you know, I've got to clean, wash the car. And stuff happens. And, they, and sort of that's where it ends. But God's plan is that you should continue to, to exercise that gift. Now, it might just mean in your private prayer life, if we look at... Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it says, don't, verse, sorry, verse, chapter 5, verse 18, don't drink too much wine, that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit, I'll just let that settle in a little bit there. Drink the Holy, drink the Spirit of God, huge, huge drafts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father. So what he's saying is be filled with the Spirit. And the way you do that is allowing that supernatural language to flow. Now, probably you're going to do want to do it at home in your private prayer life. I mean, at, in church too, you know, if you want. But, but the thing is, as you exercise that gift, it begins to flow and it, and it strengthens in your life. And you're going to find that, that, that other things will open up in your life as you do that. Be filled with us. That word, be filled, is amazing. Where it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word, 
to be filled. Actually, in the original language, is in a tense, like an imperfect tense, which means go on being filled. It means basically every day, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you've had that experience where someone has prayed for you and you've begun to speak in a supernatural language and maybe that's gone a little bit dry or maybe you said, well, you know, do I still do that or whatever. The Bible says go on being filled every day, exercising that supernatural language. So that's one thing. Exercise that gift of supernatural languages. Maybe you're in a, in a connect group or a discipleship group and you, you're praying for someone and you're just impressed that God wants to bless that person or encourage them in some way. You know, that's okay if you've sensed something in your heart that God would like to say to that person. It's okay in a, in a connect group. It's a safe environment. You can speak that out. That's how you exercise the gift that God has placed upon your life. And as you do, as you exercise that, you're going on being filled in God. There's a great story in the Old Testament. I'll just mention it briefly. A woman in deep poverty came to Elisha and she said, what am I going to do? I've got this debt situation. I'm in a serious position. He said, what have you got in the house? Nothing at all except a flask or a jar of oil. And this word gets interesting because that word flask just means enough oil. It was a little vessel, enough oil for the anointing of one person. That's what it means. I, I like to think of it. It really means literally in the original language, an anointing of oil. She had such a small amount of oil left over. I think of it like a perfume bottle. And the prophet said, go and borrow vessels, as many as you can get jugs and pots from your neighbors and everything you can. Begin to pour that, go into, to, privately into a room and start to pour out that little perfume bottle of oil. And as she did, the amazing thing was, it just kept on flowing and flowing until it filled up every jug and pot and saucepan and vessel that she could find. And he said, go and sell that oil and pay off your debt and live off the rest. So the point is, as you give out what God has placed in your life, that river's going to begin to flow. It's going to, as you pour out what God has done for you. Now it could be as simple as just serving in an area where you know that you're gifted in where God has given you an ability to do something. And I could, there's lots of examples we could think of. It could be as simple as just serving where you're gifted. Or it might be, you know, responding to that quiet voice of the Holy Spirit when He speaks in your heart saying, go over and encourage that person over there. Just go and just give a word of encouragement to them. And you might, well, well, what if I'm just imagining it? Well, what if you're not just imagining it? What if God really did want to encourage that person? What if God really did want to say something, you know, to bless someone and encourage them? I think he might just want to do that. And as you do that, as you pour out what God has placed in your life, it's more is going to come. And you'll find that you're going to be filled more and more with what God puts in your life. Give it away and keep on giving it away, you'll receive more. As we come to a close this morning, it may be that you're here and when I, I said this morning about that voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart, just confirming that you belong to the son, as a son or a daughter of God. And maybe you've never really had that and you're not sure. You're saying, well, I've never had that in my own life, that knowing that I really belong to God. If that's you this morning, you know, there's an opportunity here this morning also 
And in a moment, we're going to repeat a prayer. We'll put the words up on the screen in a moment. Just a prayer of saying, God, I, I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. That's all it takes just to come to a point of surrender and saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. If you want to be filled this morning with the Holy Spirit, just totally filled and immersed with Him, we're going to make an opportunity also to come and be prayed for at the front here. And we won't go long, but if that's if you want prayer, are we going to do that? So look, if we can put the words up on the screen of that little prayer. Let's say this together. We're all going to say this together. And uh, dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Just whatever head is bowed, just, just close your eyes for a moment. If there's people here that have, maybe you're a visitor or you've been coming for a time and, and you've, today was the first time you said that and really meant it. If this morning was the first time you really meant that prayer, why don't, why don't you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. That, that was me today. For the first time I really said, yeah, I get it. And today I've made a decision. I'm going to open my heart to God. I'm going to allow Him to come into my life for the first time. That's you. I'll see it. No one else is looking around. And we just want to, we just want to encourage you, maybe give you a Bible, give you some stuff to read. If that's you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. That's fine. Okay. It's just as the music, the band begins to play. We're going to just take... A few moments, we, we are going to close the service now. But as we do, um, I, I want to make an opportunity if there are those here this morning and you just sense that God is really touching your heart and, and you just want more of Him and you want to be filled. Maybe you've never received that, that supernatural ability to, to pray in the Holy Spirit, which is really like a doorway into the, the, the further things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Uh, if you want prayer, why don't you come and stand along the front? But we're going to sing something. Whatever you guys want to sing. Sorry? Yeah. Just, just, let's, just, let's just begin to sing. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll pray first. Father, we thank you for each person in this place this morning. And I pray, Lord, that your word will continue to live in their hearts. And Lord, whatever you want to do in our lives, we yield and surrender our hearts to you. And Father, we just pray that you'd fill us, each one, by your Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.